Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today on our live broadcast. Welcome. We have a very, very special show in store for you. Got a lot of positive feedback from last week's episode. People telling us that they wanted to hear more. They wanted more tips on how to grow their list, how they can make more money from their audience, and all of those things. We've got an amazing guest lined up. And riding into the studio, a little bit nonchalant today from the looks of it, the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Holland. (laughs) There we go. We are live. How are you doing, James? Good. Not quite as relaxed as you. You look very just like casual as you strode in on the white noble steed today. That's it. I've spent a few days just lounging in the garden in the sun. I appear to not be able to snap out of it now. I'm just mooching my way through life today. Did your uh, did your neighbors have to wear their welding goggles on account of your white British skin? <laughs> that and for the account that I've been naked for three days straight. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the most disturbing image uh, that you could have conjured up in my mind. So thanks They're a lot Coming for to that. a neighborhood near you soon. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> um, well, i'm excited for uh, i'm excited for today's show man yeah me too looking forward to uh getting into this and uh unpacking the unpacking our the mi- conversation more with our mystery guest who we, will, who we will announce in just a moment so last week um on the show we talked about the importance of really using one of the biggest assets in your business um and leveraging that asset and for most people they spend massive amounts of time, massive amounts of money and energy in order to create a list of people, an audience of people, a bunch of followers, you know, whatever term you want to use. And then once those people are on the list or following them in whatever capacity, they immediately forget about them and go and find more new people. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, I did the work now. Now time to move on. Next. (laughs) Yeah, I did the work. Let me just continue to do one step of the work. And so we, uh, so we talked about this, um, last, last week, but today we're privileged to join a, an expert in this area, somebody who has been writing for, uh, some of the biggest entrepreneurs in, uh, in online and offline marketing today, who's made a huge difference in people's getting people getting higher open rates, higher click-through rates. But what we all really care about is more sales from your audience. So Dean, without further ado, let us welcome the one and only Yada Golden to Just the Tips. Welcome to the show, Yada. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me, you guys. I uh, I got I to gotta say, James, I'm, I'm kind of disturbed by the image that Dean conjured up for us as well. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if we're going to be able to get past that, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> if, if we lost all of our listeners immediately, I would not be surprised. 
Well, the, the loyals in Shengzhou will still be back next week for more fun. <laughs> yeah, but they already left this week. They're like, we can't. Yeah. We're tuning out today. We don't want to deal with that today. That's that's already enough tips for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That one tip was enough. <laughs> there All we right. go. Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Now, uh, now, Yada, you did not ride into the studio on a horse. And in fact, you didn't even ride in on a bicycle because as I understand it, you actually did a nasty sprain of your ankle Ugh. recently. And so despite your uh, gimpy nature, you've still decided <laughs> to come on the show and help us figure this out for people. I did. You know, I was like, I'm going to give these guys uh, a little hand here and help them kind of explain this whole email marketing uh, situation, despite my, my crippledness right now. <laughs> I nice. did. I, I, I took a spill on my, uh, on my bike on Saturday and I wish it was a much cooler story than it was, but it was a very, very slow motion <laughs> fall that, uh, <laughs> that resulted in a rolled ankle that now looks like an elephant's ankle. So there's another nice <laughs> image for all of the, the listeners. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's get to it. So, so many people out there have been building uh, or intend to build a list, to build a following, to build an audience. And you, you are the person in the trenches working with all of these people. Where, where do you think things initially go wrong and why people don't make the most of their list? Um, I think that it's a, it's a combination of, of two things, I would say. The first is, you know, the, the shiny object in marketing is those ads, right? Everybody wants to get to that place where they're able to now run ads and put offers out there. And I think that people mistake an ad for something that is supposed to sell their thing. When in reality, I believe that the ad is designed to capture an email address so that you can then move that person from a pay to play platform, such as Facebook or Google or YouTube or wherever it is that you're advertising and take them to a place where it's now free for you to market to them indefinitely like your email audience, right? Mm. Um, I think that the second part where people kind of go wrong is thinking, you know, well, now that they're in my on my email list, my automations are going to take care of it, right? I've set up a welcome sequence or indoctrination sequence or soap opera sequence or whatever sequence you have in place to kind of welcome someone to your world. Um, but, but at some point that ends, right? And so let's say it's six emails, 10 emails, 30, 60, however many you want them to be. At some point it's going to end. And what happens to that person afterwards, right? It's just like a like a friend or someone you meet at a party or someone that you meet while you're on vacation. If you don't consistently reach out to that person and actually nurture that relationship and invest in that relationship, it's going to be really, really hard for you to make a withdrawal when you want something or when you need something. Um, if, if you've kind of ghosted them, you know, so I think it's, the problem is a little twofold. It's thinking that the ad does something other than what it actually does. And second, not following up and nurturing that relationship and making investments in it. That's really interesting. I think, um, you know, what you said about the ad do ex expectations about the ad doing something that's not necessarily supposed to do. Um, you know, even if you have, like, even if you have a killer ad, you are still, your sales conversion rate is still only single digits, like, you know, low, mid single digits. If you're good mid to high single digits, if you're crushing it and yet, and so like 90 plus percent 
of all of that ad money could be wasted unless you're actually like taking that ad and the value that you get from it and going a step further and continuing the relationship with people until they're ready to buy. Yeah, completely. And I, and, and that's exactly it. It's like when somebody, when somebody clicks on your ad, it's basically them saying, Hey, that thing that you're talking about or that you just showed me is relevant to me. It's interesting to me. I would like to know more. Um, and if they don't buy, then it's like, well, I'm not quite ready to buy yet. I don't know you. I don't necessarily like you yet. I don't trust you, right? Whatever that happens to be. And so that's really where the email list comes in because now they've said, Hey, I'm interested in your thing. I just want to get to know you a little bit more. I want to see some of the results that you've created for people. I have these questions in my mind. Um, and I am hoping that while I'm on that list and I'm actually in communication with you, you'll answer those questions for me so that I can feel comfortable enough to move forward. Right. And so, so mm -hmm. for me, it's like, the ad, clicking on the ad is I'm raising their hand saying, yes, I'm interested. Being in your email audience and now actually starting to engage with you, like getting somebody to reply to you from an email audience is like basically them taking a step even closer to you and being like, oh my gosh, James, yeah, like I'm really interested in that thing that you have to say. I'm looking to you for the information, for advice, for guidance on what to do in this situation or regarding that challenge or problem obstacle that I'm facing. Can you help me? And so for me, those replies are really the hot leads, mm. let's say, and those are where the sales opportunities and conversations actually begin. Right. Um, well, you've, you've just, uh, you've just made something clear to me because James, you rarely ever email me, do you? And I don't like you at all. I think I'm, I'm a live case study. This is very true. What you're saying, Yada, like, <laughs> I don't like James. Dean? This is it. This is it. <laughs> you've, you've opened his eyes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so you have, uh, so you, you actually gave a really interesting presentation that I saw at funnel hacking live, uh, two years ago, which for those of you guys that don't know, big, uh, big marketing conference with thousands of people. And you had this really interesting way of breaking down the four different types of people that you can show up as when talking with your list or your audience. And I'd love for you to get into those four types. Yeah, for sure. That was such a fun analogy. And I think it's something that uh, worked so well because I think everybody's met these people, right? Either in the dating world or in their inbox. And so uh, the first type of marketer uh, that I say we come across in our inbox is the pickup artist, right? This is the guy or the girl who will say anything to get the deal, right? They're like, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, because they only really care about one thing. And that's what's <laughs> <in> them. <laughs> Um, the second type that we see is the player. Now the player is a little more suave. They're a little more polished. They put some work in on the front end, right? They're just like, okay, like I really want to make this happen. So we're going to create some sequences. We're going to create some automations. Um, but they have a time limit, right? Because either they're going to get the thing that they want on their timeline, or they're going to move on to the next prospect. Right. And so those are the people that ghost you after their automations run out. They're just like, I'm done. Like, I don't have any more time to, uh, to put into this because I'm not getting what I want out of this. Um, and then the third type of person that I see in inboxes often, and I have to admit, like I've been guilty of this more than once is Mr. Nice Guy, right? The person who shows up, who adds value, they're consistent. They give you answers. They spend hours replying to people. Um, but the problem is, is that they forget 
or they're uncomfortable with making offers. And so these are the guys who've kind of friend zoned their list where they're just like, oh, and that, you know, there's, there's almost this resentment that, that comes up for them because they're like, I give and give and give and I don't get anything back. No one's buying my thing. And it's like, well, dude, you're not making any offers. Right. <laughs> um, and so what happens for them is that they're actually unconsciously priming their prospects and their subscribers to go buy the same thing from somebody else, right? Cause they're ready to buy. They're like, yeah, man, just like create an opportunity for me to do this with you, but they don't and they don't and they don't. And eventually they go find somebody who is. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of the nice guy. Exactly. <laughs> As he walks away from another yeah, lost he opportunity. Walks away. <laughs> That's right. He walks away with empty pockets and he's like, I hate my list. In it that again. And I actually put uh, a picture of Albert Brenneman uh, from Hitch, you know, the, the guy with the asthma. And yes. Glasses. <laughs> so that was Mr. Nice Guy. Um, and so, so what I really do my best to help people achieve is to become what I like to call relationship material. And so relationship material is somebody who is showing up for their email audience. They're actually leading them. They're teaching them. They're entertaining them. They are engaging with them. So they actually have a two-way conversation going. They're not just talking at their subscribers. They're actually having a conversation with them. They're also challenging them, right? They're making them think about, hey, what happens if you don't get this thing resolved? What is, I know you'll love this, James, like what is the opportunity cost of continuing to stay exactly where you are and dealing with the issues and the problems and the challenges that you have now? Um, and so it's really calling out to the highest and best version of your audience and saying, hey, listen, you may be experiencing this, but this other thing is possible for you if you'll just step into it. And here are multiple opportunities for you to do that with me if you so choose, right? And so that now becomes a, a very, very uh, healthy, I believe, and a very reciprocal relationship where like you as the business owner are giving, but your audience also has an opportunity to give back to you, whether that's financially or um, you know feedback or testimonials, anything like that, that's what that opens up for you. Right, so, uh, so this is really interesting because I think that a lot of people can see themselves in, you know, possibly one or more Mm. of these of these types mm. i feel like and, i've been through all of them yeah i feel <laughs> I've been like through every one of those guys in yeah. the last 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but uh so i think this is <clears throat> this is a really interesting approach to take towards considering how to grow a relationship with your list and how to email mm. and all these things um i feel like when most people talk about emails it's always about okay, you're going to do like, it, it feels like it just starts with the mechanics of, you know, here's, here's how to write this thing and here's how to write this, or even, I don't know, better or worse or, or whatever you want to think about it. You know, here's some email templates and just, you know, kind of fill in the blanks. Like you remember that game Mad Libs, yeah. right? Where it's like, okay, now I need a vowel that has to do with sports and you're like an action verb. <laughs> yeah. Action, action verb running. And, <laughs> and I, I read some people's emails that they sent to me. I'm like, like, did you actually write this or did you write it sober? Or like, how did that happen? <laughs> you need yeah. to stop picking on me for my emails, James. <laughs> well, you, you said, you said, you know, you said some unkind things about me earlier. So I figured I'd just return the favor. Um, but, uh, but where did all this come from? for you in terms of your lens for seeing how to actually approach creating 
great relationship with your audience? Well, I think, um, you know, my, my entrepreneurial journey kind of started on accident, um, as a relationship coach. And it was at a time when, you know, that was the furthest thing from my mind of, as far as things that I should do or were, was qualified to do. <laughs> um, I was on the tail end of my divorce and, um, through that, I had realized that the people, the social circle around my ex-husband and I were really curious about what had happened and they wanted to know who to blame and who to point the finger at and who was the bad guy. And we had kind of arrived at that decision together and we had done a lot of work to get to the point where we knew that this was the right move for us. And I didn't want there to be a bad guy. And the only real way that I saw as possible to kind of put that out into the world was to write about it. And so I took to my Facebook profile and I started sharing just like my own journey through my divorce and the thoughts that were going through my mind and what had actually happened behind the scenes and what, you know, difficulties we were having. And so I was just very, very openly sharing. And I, at the time, I thought that that was what anyone would do. I now know that it's what not very many people would do. <laughs> Wait, so at the time, at the time you thought it was natural to broadcast to the world what was happening in your divorce? I, you know, I did in, in the sense that I was going through a lot of, so I had done a ton of personal development work prior to that, but I had done what so many people do and I had conceptualized it. And so I got really, really good at identifying what was quote unquote wrong with other people, <laughs> but I never really took a look in the mirror. And so as I now was- That's interesting. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but it is interesting that you say that because Dean, isn't it true most of your personal development work was done on the burlesque dance floor? That's absolutely true. Yes, over a six-year period, but still continuing to this day. <laughs> yeah. That's why we'll have to wrap this show up quickly when we're ready, because Dean has to go dance. Yes, if you oh. wouldn't mind, these hips need warming. What, uh, <laughs> what color are your nipple tassels? <laughs> That'd be telling. You'll have to watch into the show. <laughs> hey, I've got, got to leave some mystery, haven't we? <laughs> um, but, but yes, I had conceptualized a lot of that work that I had done, and when I kind of hit my rock bottom, which was during this divorce, uh, I really had to take a look at myself. And so I think it was a combination of having always been a writer. That's always been my, um, you know, how I kind of work my, myself through things and really wanting to put this new narrative about the divorce out into the world. I was like, well, here's Facebook. Like, why don't I just write about what I'm learning and how I'm changing and what my, my perspective on this is. And so it wasn't like I was telling the nitty gritty details about everything, but I was just like, Hey, here's a 30,000 foot view and the lesson that I'm taking away from this. And if that serves you awesome, at the very least, it will help you understand how I'm seeing things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's kind of how, how this whole thing started. I was like, I have to control the narrative about what's going on right now, because this is my family. Like this is the, my father's, you know, my children's father. And like, this is somebody whom I'm going to have a relationship with moving forward um, and, and it needs to be healthy. Right. And so, so that's kind of where, where that started. And, and I started, uh, I started really kind of digging into how people relate to each other and how people communicate with each other and what are the issues that come up for people and why are we so afraid to actually let ourselves be seen for everything we are and everything we aren't. And, you know, we, as the, the entrepreneurial journey kind of started, like, it was, it was because I needed to make money. Like I needed to actually put food on the table for my kids. And even though I had an apartment that was to the full to the brim with, you know, 
expensive appliances and pottery barn linens and all of these things, I was completely broke and couldn't put food on the table because I hadn't worked in so long. And I remember one night uh, looking at the, you know, at the, at the kitchen counter and there's like a $400 Vitamix on the counter. And I'm just like, here I am. I have so many worries about what I'm going to do for these kids, how I'm going to feed them. And yet I have a $400 blender and there's just something about this that makes no sense for me. And so I remembered that I actually purchased that blender at Costco and I was like, Costco will take anything back. (laughs) And so the next morning I packed it up, returned it to Costco and walked out of there with $400. And, and I was like, this is not a sustainable way for me to, to make money, right? Like I'm going to run out of appliances at some point. I kind of like if this story ended where you realized you were in someone else's house. (laughs) (laughs) And then the cops were called because this lady was like, why are you stealing my Vitamix? (laughs) Costco was actually questioning me too. They're like, how many Vitamixes do you have lady? Um, She's like only 12, just, just the 12. I'd just like to return all dozen, please. (laughs) (laughs) But it, but it really kind of put me in this place where I said, you know, here I am sharing my story on Facebook. People are reaching out to me every single day, asking me about their relationships and how they can, you know, create the same outcome that I've created for myself and I'm spending the majority of my time helping them and having these conversations with them. But I'm also, you know, returning this blender so I can put food on the table. And there was, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by people who were already in the coaching world and in the online industry. And I was like, you know, if they can do it, if they can sell a handful of phone calls with them to fix the problem for somebody, I can do it too. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I kind of took that leap of asking some of the people that were messaging me saying, Hey, do you want to make this a little more formal and we can have a weekly call and all this stuff. So that's kind of how I got started in entrepreneurship and, helping people with their relationships. And I eventually got to the point where I was in masterminds with other entrepreneurs who were really trying to figure out the marketing piece of their, of their business and coaching people through their relationship struggles and realized that the people in the masterminds were having the same issue in relationship one to many that the people in my coaching groups were having in relationship one to one. And I was like, my mind just kind of blew open. And I was like, well, of course they are, right? If we're afraid to be seen for who we are and who we aren't by our significant other, why wouldn't that translate to being afraid to be seen for who we are and who we aren't by our audience, by our customers? You can't handle the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I just about crap myself. Can you just follow me around with your sound effects? That's amazing. I, I Every time you have don't. a random thought, it's just like, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, all right, all right, I can't. <laughs> but, but, but that's kind of where that lens came from. And, and it, was a, it was actually a really quick pivot once I made that connection. Um, somebody in one of those mastermind groups asked me if I'd ever considered writing for another business because she said, you know, I read everything you write. It resonates. I feel like I could have written it myself. I just don't have the time to sit and do it. And this like light bulb went off in my head where I was like, oh my gosh, here I've been struggling to get this coaching business off the ground when in reality, the thing I've been most consistent about through this entire time has been writing to Mm. my audience. And now here's this business asking me if I'll help her write and connect with her audience. I was like a hundred percent, like I'm so in. And Mm. it was almost in that moment that I shifted my entire business. I was like, I'm done coaching. I'm going to go full on into copywriting and really helping these entrepreneurs to maximize 
the work that they've already done, like you said in the beginning of the show, James, like people have spent the money, they've put in the time, they've exerted the effort to grow these audiences. But once they're there, it's almost like they become these deer in headlights where they're like, oh my gosh, there's so many people listening to me now. If I say the wrong thing, if I do the wrong thing, if I make the wrong offer, I'm going to lose everything. And so instead of doing anything, they do nothing. And then they just become resentful because this list is quote unquote supposed to be making me money. And instead it's just sitting there. But if they would do the work first and invest in them and show up for them and actually care about the results that they say that they can get for them, the list would show up for them too. Dean, I don't know if Yada took one single breath when she told us that whole thing. <laughs> Good job. She's got gills. Yeah, that's right. That's why we're not doing video. <laughs> How's the um, in that water anyway? Yeah, no. So <laughs> I think uh, this it's fascinating for a couple reasons to me. Mm. One is, you know, the, the beginning didn't really start as, hey, I'm, I'm going to sell stuff. Right. It was more about how do you create high quality, you know, two-way mutually beneficial relationships. Mm not even in an email context. And then, and then there was a, a pivot, which I think is really interesting. And there's probably some lessons in there for a lot of people around the, the pivot itself, you know, cause, cause you could have, and I'm sure a lot of people have been on one path and gotten all these signs and signals about a whole bunch of things and said, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Like I'm not pivoting. <laughs> right. right. Yep. And, and, uh, and I think that is, that is sort of, an important part of an entrepreneur's journey is to, you know, respond intelligently to the feedback that you're getting from the marketplace where your skills and your talents and your assets and everything align with the needs that you actually see in the market itself. Yeah. 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 I think I, I think I saw that I could better serve people this way, you know, because the message that I had been trying to put out into the world was, um, it's okay to be you. Right. And I just happened to have learned most of those lessons for myself through relationship. And, and so I, I think I mistakenly thought that that was where I needed to teach them. And when I saw the opportunity to reach a larger audience, because the thing about me writing for other people and engaging them with their audience was that I was able to now leverage my message and share the lens that I saw the world through with not only that entrepreneur, but also their audience. So I felt like my audience grew tenfold just by saying, yes, I'll write. I'll be the person who basically distills the story that you tell me through my own lens, right? And then puts that back out to, the, to your audience. So it's like every single email that my agency writes has a message that is yes from their entrepreneur, but that is also processed and distilled through us. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that. And I think, you know, one of the things that jumps out for me as a, as a listener hearing like your, your transition through what you've done is it also reminds you because of how you've pivoted and translated your skills from that one-on-one -on -one relationship to one-to-many relationships is like, it reminds you that your list is real people. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Because I think that is one, like, and I'll, I'm more than happy to confess, like over 15 years, sometimes you start focusing on the numbers. Like, and I bet you're the same, James, knowing your personality, you look at numbers and this and that. And it is like, you do have to almost remind yourself, like, hang on, every one of these people, like this 200,000 emails I'm about to send is to 200,000 people. 
Yeah. You know, and, I, and I do think like as, as daft as it is to say out loud, like it is easy actually over time to kind of lose touch of that. I think it's really, it's really easy. And you, you and I have talked about this in a, in a slightly different context, Dean, but if you, if you had a speaking opportunity in front of even, let's just say you have a modest list of mm. a couple thousand people or even a few hundred, whatever, you know, not even 200,000. If you had a, a room full of a thousand people mm. or 2000 people or whatever, you would take that presentation pretty seriously. Right. Right. You would. You'd be like, Oh my God. In fact, most people who are not, you know, super excited about public speaking would be terrified right. <laughs> of yep. speaking in front of a room of, you know, several hundred to, you know, several thousand people. Oh gosh. And, yeah. Right. And because you're like, Oh, they're people, <laughs> but then, but somehow we create this, this distance between us and those people when it's on a list and when we're behind a keyboard. And I think that is really a great point that I like what, uh, what you're bringing up Yada is these, these are people and the, the currency of people with each other is relationship. Yes. Yeah, and, it, really, it really is. And, and I do agree, like, you know, even I've had people come to me and they're just like, well, I have a, an email of only 30 people and a list of only 30 people. And I'm just like, all right, let's put you in a room with 30 people. How do you feel now? Right. right? And they're yes. like, oh, they instantly. They're like, they're like, crap, I'm running away. Yeah, exactly. They instantly get this, like, <laughs> I'm out of here. They yep. get like, deer in headlights, you know, and, and, and that's actually one of the, the tips because this show is called Just the Tips, right? There we go. Yeah. Absolutely. You better bring it. Go ahead. <laughs> that, I, that I would give people is to, to remember that even if you are emailing, you know, 200,000 or 2000 or 200 or 20 people, remember that even though the communication for you is one to many, when they're reading that email in their inbox to them, the communication is one to one. Right. And yes. so, so there's this interesting dynamic that's at play where we feel like we're emailing all of these people and we think that we've got to pull out our like, you know, big words and our ninth grade English teachers on the other side of the screen waiting with her red pen. And we've got to be perfect and look all buttoned up and professional. And we, uh, we pretend to be something and someone that we're not right. We posture mm, and, yes. and we, we try to kind of make ourselves more. And, and I think that one of the things that we get to do really in order to establish that real relationship with our audience is to just show up as we are, you know, um, stop being so formal in your writing, just be yourself. And it lands so much better. Like the open rates go up, the replies go up, the sales go up. It just happens because people can feel that you're actually real. All right. So hold on. So this, this is a whole other side of this that I want to talk about because <laughs> Everybody is out there saying, just be your authentic self. <laughs> James is like, that's not working well for me. No one likes me. <laughs> I know. This is exactly why I need to drill into it. You know, people like, you know, just be real, just be yourself, like all that. And, and I know that that high level principle sounds good and it does make sense. But how, but if it's so easy to quote, be yourself, why do so many people screw it up? Because they're afraid that people aren't going to like them. Yes. There yes. it is. Okay. All right. So how do you get past that? How do you get past that with your list of, you know, uh, I mean, up until very recently, we only had one listener to this show. 
Right. Right. right? So we right. had one person. So we had, you know, one. Now we got a whole damn country. Now we have a country. <laughs> and, you know, so we're just expanding our footprint around the globe as we do. Right. Um, but how, how do you get past that? So, was, so last week, Dean and I got into and probably should have waited until we had a chance to talk to you about, you know, these different campaigns about, you know, warming people up and reviving your list and investing in them and, and all of those things. But, and that was kind of like, what do you need to do? But I don't really think we got into the, how do you do it? Mm, how, how do you create the connection? Because my, my, uh, my belief is somebody could take the things that we talked about last week, you know, and <laughs> just frankly, completely butcher them <laughs> and, and just not get it right. And they're like, man, I tried to be myself and you're like, well, like maybe you tried too hard or maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe you accentuated the wrong things about yourself. You know? <laughs> no, the other self, be the other one. <laughs> yeah. Be, be the one that people like. Um, That's what, the amount of times that gets said to me at a party. Now, can't you bring the other version of you? <laughs> no, that that's the opposite of what I say to you at a party. I'm like, I want you to bring the version nobody else wants to see except me. Bring the party, Dean. Yeah. yeah, I need belligerent Dean. But um, well, so, so what is what is the framework? Because I know you have a framework for sharing your stories, for connect, creating that connection that is easier to implement than just the, you know, hundred thousand foot paradigm of be, be yourself. yourself. Yeah. So, so I think first, first of all, I'll answer, I'll answer the question. It's like, well, how do you be yourself? Um, you know, if, if people won't like you, like, what do we do? And I think that the, the real answer is that we, despite how much we would like to be are not for everyone and that's okay right? Like no matter how hard we try to make sure that everybody likes us, they're, they're just, they just aren't right. And See, Dean, even, it's okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I didn't give up on that last two people in the world that, that hate me. Yeah. You could hang up now. You got what you needed. There we go. Bye guys. See ya. But even, but even our, our services and our products and the skill sets that we have and our expertise, like they are not meant to help every single person on this planet. And so I think that when we're approaching our marketing and our list, then, you know, our list building efforts and communication with that audience, we really have to come to that conversation knowing that we are almost intentionally being polarizing, not because we're trying to be, but because it's a byproduct of being yourself, right? Like we all have quirks, we all have interests, we all have values, we all have beliefs that we live our lives by and that we look for um, in other people. And so as you actually go through the sequence, and I'm happy to walk you guys through it, um, those are the things that hopefully are going to come out and that you're going to start sharing. And so people can either say, dang, like this person really is my person. Like they, they're just like me, or I can see myself within them, or I really resonate with their beliefs, or I would like to be more like them. Or they'll be like, oh my gosh, this person isn't actually what I thought they were, or I don't actually resonate with that. And I'm, I'm going to go, right. I'm going to unsubscribe. And so for me, the most successful emails actually have a high response rate and a high uh, unsubscribe rate, because that means that it's calling the people that are your actual people closer to you. And it's pushing the people that are not the ideal person further away. 
Mm. I think this is such an important thing to, to really like land for people. Like this is not a gloss over this one. Cause most people are like, all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. Just let's get to the other stuff. But this, this one belief that you are not for everybody and you don't need to be liked by everybody is, is so important and so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it removes some pressure as well. Cause like the pressure of trying to be liked by everyone is pretty tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's exhausting. It's never going to compete. It's never going to be good enough. Well, and it's not possible. Like you're never going to get, first of all, no matter what product or service you offer, it's not for everybody, right? I've, I've, I have had, I don't know how many conversations with how many, you know, budding and early stage entrepreneurs, even, even mature entrepreneurs who are, I'm like, okay, well, what is the thing that you're selling? They're like, I have a thing. So they're like, okay, you know, there's 7 billion plus people on the planet. I'm like, yes. They're like, I have something for everyone. (laughs) And I'm, and I just like, I walk, I just turn around and walk away. I'm like, (laughs) I'm unsubscribing from this conversation right now. Right. Right. Because nobody has something for everybody. Even Facebook with billions of users does still not have something for every single person. Right. Right. It's just not the way that things work. And then the more, you know, the more non-mainstream your thing is, the less people you are supposed to attract to that. And so I think this is such a good point that forget about, you know, being liked or not liked or whatever. It's like your solution is not for everybody and just be okay with that to begin with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I actually teach, you know, we, we run a challenge, which I think you talked about in your last show, um, the subscriber survivor challenge. And one of the, almost one of the modules entirely is about teaching them to actually celebrate when people leave their list, right? It's like, you got to clear the wrong people out so that you can make space for the right people. And the more, the more dynamic your list is with people coming on and people going off, the more clear you can get about your message and what types of things um, and topics and themes that you can talk about that are actually resonating with the right person and that are pushing the wrong person away. Um, And there's a lot of things that you can do with that copy, right? Because if you're looking at your audience, your email audience as a, as a segment of the population that has already raised their hand and said, yes, I'm interested in that thing and is dynamically being pruned and grown, then you can say, okay, well, let me test this ad copy in this audience and see how they respond. And if it works, then you know that you can take that out into the larger population and are mo- more than likely going to attract the right type of person with that message. Mm, I love that. So what happens So what happens next after this, right? So, okay, so I'm, I'm okay with okay with my position. I'm okay with, you know, who I am, all that other stuff. You have helped numerous people go from, you know, 10% open rates, you know, 10, 12, 15, you know, kind of what people would consider the good, you know, numbers to obscene open rates, (laughs) like 40%, 50%, 70%. I think what I had had heard uh, you had somebody with a list of hundreds of thousands who got an 70 or 80% open rate, um, which is unheard of. How do you do that? Yeah. Um, so that, that was actually a list of over 300,000 people. 
And uh, we had trained their copywriter and she messaged me one day and said, we got our highest open rate ever at 72%. I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> That's so many people. Um, you know, I <laughs> yes, completely. Yeah. Um, I think that it's achieved through really getting to know your audience, right? It's, it's, uh, it's showing up for them. It's providing content that is educational, engaging, entertaining, and that also empowers them to take that step and work with you. Um, but there's a there's a there's a warm up process that happens, and that is what we call the warm up sequence. And it's really six questions that I believe that every prospect has when they come onto your list. And I think we we kind of uh, touched on it briefly earlier. Um, but it's it's taking the time to answer each and every one of those questions in a very real way, right? Like let yourself be seen. Tell people the real reason why you started your business. Tell them who you really are as best you can, right? And and don't worry about is this what this email is supposed to say? Like, am I following the template correctly? Am I, you know, filling out the mad libs the right way? Because people can feel that. Like one of the things that I, if, if you take nothing else away from this show, please take away the fact that like as a marketer and as a business owner in this day and age, it is our responsibility to respect our readers. Like we, they know that they're being marketed to. They know that you eventually have something that you're going to want to sell them. They know that you're not sitting at your desk every morning, writing an email just to them. They know that there are automations behind this thing. I, I beg to differ because I can use, I can put people's first name in my emails. So it's really yes. personalized. <laughs> Sometimes I mess it up. So I send out an email that says, Hey, first name. I find that's really personal as well. Very yeah, personal. People I, love I, that. When I get birthday gifts from my mom, I love it when she sends me a card that says, Hey, first name, happy birthday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it makes I can't tell you how special I feel. <laughs> But, but see, that, that's just it. Like, if you Especially said, considering you've got a brother called first name. <laughs> that's, that's right. I'm like, wait, was this really for me or first name? What the I hell really is happening here? First name. I hate your brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it's things like that, right? It's like getting an email that says hashtag first name where it just makes everyone kind of roll their eyes. And I've gotten okay. so much flack about this from, you know, quote unquote, real copywriters out there and direct response copywriters. And they're like, well, yada, people love the name of uh, the sound of their, their name. And I'm like, yeah, but when you mean it, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know about you, but I don't talk to my, I'm not like, oh, hey, Dean, how's it going? Happy Tuesday. It's been a while since we've spoken, you know, like, that's just not how I, that's not how I talk to people. And so I do. I, that's actually a message James sent me last week. Yes. <laughs> you just read it out. Dearest Dean. How are you, my friend? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you say this because like when I'm at conferences, you know, th there's a lot of people who come up to me and I don't always remember everybody I've met. Mm -hmm. So instead, I'm just like, oh, hey, first name, how's it going? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a super classy, very easy way to navigate that situation. Right. It's not awkward for anyone. Not even a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to put that in my bag of tricks now. And they're like, oh, oh, were you talking to me? I was like, well, you and you and you and you. <laughs> All of you. What's up, first names? <laughs> hey, friend. In hey, fact, friend. I think In fact, I think next time I do uh, um, uh, a speaking engagement, I'm going to address the audience 
as what's up first name. <laughs> Yadi, you should totally do that. I you should, should actually. I was just thinking that. I was like, oh, that'd be really cool if I like got up there and gave my presentation as like a really bad email, like a really bad sales email. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, I have no idea what you were talking about before we went down the first We were going through the hole. stages of the six. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, so, so, so respecting your reader. I think that's what the point that I was making. So through all of this sequence, I'd really love for you to have that in the back of your mind. It's like, is this, is this an email that I would enjoy reading, that I would enjoy receiving? And if the answer is no, freaking write it over again, right? Like if you can't even get through your email, what makes you think that your readers are going to? So, that's such a good point. <laughs> right? like, how many emails do I get where I'm like, I bet this person didn't even want to read this. <laughs> Yeah. Like who wrote this? Did anybody edit this? Did anybody read this? No, probably not. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. Like it's, it's almost like there's, you know, a high quality meal, there's <laughs> junk food. And then there's something like even lower than junk food. Like astronaut food. Nah, even astronaut food is nutrition. I feel like it's just like, <laughs> mm. maybe like painted cardboard or plastic huh. food. Nice. Like that's mm. what, that's what it feels like many of the emails that come through are. Yeah. Cause you're just like, it's almost like this was a placeholder. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, oh. You see, a lot of emails have just been swiped, haven't they? Like, they're just swiped. Yeah. It's like, oh, ten, here's this template. Like, and people just are lazy, aren't they? Most people. That's yeah. I, 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 can't, <laughs> I can't even deal with templates. I call them like check the box content. That like painted cardboard you're talking about, James. It's like, you know, mar so many marketers have been told like, well, you should be emailing your list every day. You should have this many emails in your sequence. And this is a story you should tell here and there and over there. And so people feel like if they're not checking those boxes, they're mm -hmm. quote unquote failing as an entrepreneur. They're not good enough. They're not going to be successful. And so instead of actually taking the template and making it their own or actually telling that type of story, not that exact story, um, from their own experience and from their own perspective, they just check the box and your audience can tell when you're just checking the box. It's like your, your wife can tell when you're at dinner with her, but you're not really there. You know, it's like the, this is human relationship. And if we stop seeing this as marketing and actually start seeing it as relationship building with an audience that we truly want to serve and we want to help them get the result that we can offer them, it, it changes the game because you, again, stop thinking of them as just a number or, you know, another person subscriber on your email list. And you start thinking like, Hey, this is a guy or a woman who has a problem or a challenge or is facing an obstacle that I can actually help her with. And right now it's affecting her family. It's affecting her mental health. It's affecting her body. It's affecting, you know, everything. And, and it's my job to help her understand why I'm qualified, how I came to know this stuff, how I'm able to do it for other people, what type of people I do it for, and then ultimately how I can help her with her problem. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So All right, the well. sequence. Yeah, it is a sequence, right? Like it's, it's just like meeting someone at a party. You're going to put your hand out and say, hey, I'm Yada. Nice to meet you. I'm not going to put my hand out and be like, hey, buy my thing yeah right like that doesn't make sense and after i say my name guess what it's their turn to talk now they get to tell me what their name is who they are where they came from right so that's mm -hmm. that's really the sequence it's like the first email is letting them know who you are right yes they're on your on your list but they may have just listened to you on a podcast they may have clicked on an ad on facebook they have no idea that that's your ad or that you're the person behind that so introduce yourself to them 
Let them know who you are. Tell them a little bit about your quirks. I, I think in one of my warm-up emails, I'd tell them uh, that I'm like a big fan of Star Wars, right? Totally random, but I'm like, hey, it's, it's here. Like it fits in the story. Like, let me throw that in so that a little bit of my personality can come in. If you don't like Star Wars, you probably shouldn't be on <laughs> <laughs> sorry you were saying yeah star wars is awesome um and then the, the second email right so after letting them know who you are you really want to kind of tell them a little bit about where you came from right like how did you come into this industry what's a little bit about of your backstory russell uh, brunson likes to talk about the origin story right like where 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 did you come from like why are you here um, then you want to take them into, you know, what is it that you do? Tell me, like, are you a relationship coach? Are you a writer? What kind of writer are you? Like, oh, you help people with affiliates? Okay, cool. Like, what does that even mean? What does that look like? What's possible? And then you want to take them into, well, this is actually how I earned or learned the knowledge and the expertise and the experience that I have, right? So a little bit about how did you actually get to the place where you are now sending me this email, running this business, uh, making this offer. And then you're going to tell, tell them, well, what, these are the kind of people that I actually help with this product service expertise knowledge that I've acquired. And then we're going to, and so there you can really show them a case study. You can show them some results, but you're doing it in a really um, non-braggy way, right? Because you're simply saying like, you know, I help people kind of like, Susan and Susan was in this situation before and this was a problem that she was facing and hopefully you're giving them opportunities to identify with Susan right you're talking about the false beliefs that Susan had about the thing that you're helping her with and so they're able to now identify with those traits with those thoughts with those beliefs and say oh my gosh if Dean helped Susan with those problems and maybe he can actually help me with mine and last but not least is the sixth email which is now telling them how you can actually help them, right? Do you have a course? Do you have a coaching program? Do you have a product? Um, you know, are you a teacher? Like what, it, what, is the, what is the actual vehicle that you're able to help them through? And so, so those are the six questions that I believe everyone has, right? Who are you? Where did you come from? What do you do? How did you earn or learn it? Who do you do it for? And how can you do it for me? Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. um you know, I think the, the thing about that is as you start practicing those things, you know, the storytelling and the engaging and the actual, you know, kind of keeping up of the, the belief that you're in a relationship with people, mm -hmm. you know, all of that starts to become more natural, right? And I think, I think that's a, one of the concerns that a lot of people have when they're getting started is like, I just don't know how to do this or it doesn't feel right or, or whatever. But, you know, it's like, it's like anything else. And you already know how to have relationships with people. But what I love about what you're talking about here is just saying, okay, now just take that and realize that you can have a real relationship with the people on your list. Oh, completely. And I think honestly, James, one of the things that <clears throat> stands in people's way most often is the belief that, well, I don't have stories to tell, right? Yeah. Like, they, like people's stomachs just drop. Like they're like, wait, I have to talk about myself. Like I'm not interesting. I just sit at my desk all day. Nothing cool has happened in my life. I don't have a rags to riches story. I didn't return a blender to Costco. Like I didn't chase some guy to the airport so I could close a deal. Um, you know, I didn't kill budgies when I was a teenager. Like, I don't know. They don't, they don't, <laughs> feel, like they have, <laughs> they don't feel like they have stories that are good enough. Right. And that's right. just, they're like, 
They're like, I'm not a bearded British man who da- dances burlesque two nights a week. Yeah, right. I don't ride into in on, on a noble white steed. Like, it, yeah, that that's what people think about themselves, right? And that's a reflection of our own insecurity and our own not feeling good enoughness. And and I, that's one of the things that I work with people so much on is like, you are amazing to your people, right? That's why it's so important to call out to the right people and to push away the people that are not necessarily your person, because your people, the ones that are really truly meant for you, that you can actually help are going to think that you are the freaking cats now. And they're going to be like cheering you on. And it will, it will breed this environment where, you know, you say something and they respond and you get a good response and you're just like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, I can't wait to message them again Mm. and tell them what I'm thinking or what I'm doing or what I'm creating for them or who I met or whatever it happens to be where when you're sitting there trying to guess at what you think that they might want to hear or trying to find the new set of templates or the next swipe file, you're, you're, you're just people pleasing. Like you are in massive people pleasing and that's not sustainable. It is exhausting. And it's the exact reason why people, um, you know, get so frustrated with their email marketing because they're, they're not actually showing up as who they really are. Right. Right. All right. So we're, uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up here in a couple minutes, but before we do, I want people to have an opportunity to uh, reach out to you if they want to. What what kinds of things do you help people with and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, first you can go to yadagolden.com and it's Y-A-R-A, golden like the color, .com. And we are able to really help you with any kind of marketing uh project that you have. Like if you're looking to do a launch sequence, if you're looking for a warm-up sequence, if you're looking to revive an audience that you haven't talked to, whether it's been two weeks or two years, we can help you with that. Um, We do a lot of lead magnets. We do, you know, eBooks, just basically if it has words, we can help you with it. And it's really about getting and capturing that story from you and then letting our writers and the story selling do the magic. Awesome. So uh, for those of you guys that are listening and want some help telling your stories, connecting with your list, whether it's a new list, an existing list, or you just want to make more of the relationship that you have with those people on your list, make sure you go to yadagolden.com, Y-A-R-A, golden.com. And now we're going to get into some parting shots from Mr. Dean Holland. Parting shots on just the tips. Dean Holland, take it away. <laughs> How am I supposed to perform now? I don't know. This? You need to figure it out and fast. <laughs> no, I've I've uh, I've loved this conversation. You know, I think this is a this is such a good topic because I think one of the things I think depending on where people are at, like what stage their business is at, and how big their audience is, or whatever, whatever phase they're at, I think people struggle with this all the way through. Because I I can I can see say in some of our some of our clients that are right at the very beginning. They're afraid to get started because they don't think they've got anything worth saying or like you've just said, Yada, they've got no stories. And then I think all the way through to like, like say where I am now, 10 years on, I don't communicate with my list as well as I should. And, I, and I've got my own excuses and reasons as to that. So I think like what you've given there with the framework and, and, and the advice has just been helpful for me, let alone the listeners. So thank you for sharing it all. Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Yada, so much for being here with us today. Dean, as always, it's been interesting. 
Yes, I, I wasn't going to say pleasure because uh, no, that would be not... uh, that would be untrue. And Yada has been here telling us to be real, and so it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be the right thing to do at this right. point. So, and thank you guys uh, to all of our listeners. We appreciate you being here with us. Make sure you continue to tune in to listen to Justin Tip Show live every single Tuesday at one Eastern, and we will bring you more content more buffoonery and more ideas than any other business show on planet earth thank you so much for being here today this is james be real with my co-host mr dean holland signing off from just the tips yeah thanks for tuning in to just the tips where we believe business should be profitable and fun for show notes links and other information on our guests visit justthetipsshow.com for more information on how to connect with dean holland visit deanholland.com And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.